This is The Playbook. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor to be here. And as I was driving over with uh, one of the greatest young entrepreneurs, and by the way, he also plays a little bit of football, Austin Eckler. He's like been to a few of these with me lately. And he said, so Dave, I heard you uh, truly did well in school, that your family may not be athletically skilled, <laughs> but academically, I heard like your siblings went to Harvard, Penn, Columbia. He goes, but I'm not sure you picked up on the math class. And I was like, what are you talking about, Austin? He said, every time we go to dinner, you're like, well, it'll be like 20 people. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit off as usual. And it's because your frequency is your neighborhood. And I know I say that a lot. And if you look around you and you feel around you, you'll feel a different frequency in this room. And, you know, there's a reason why people like Jeff Griffith will fly here just to show up. Uh, Michael Chandler, Austin Eckler, Clinton Spark, Jeff Hoffman, Rick Jordan, Danny Fleischman, Jeff Fenster. The list will go on and on and on. Chance, they show up. And it looks like this is really well prepared. And I appreciate the Arbuckle family, Prime 47, and the Black Diamond Club for hosting this. But it was a few phone calls. And then my normal daily activity of, hey, do you want to come to a VIP dinner at VCon? And uh, the ideas work if you surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. Um, you know, my favorite three words are ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. These are extraordinary people. Each and every one of you that show up today are extraordinary. And that's what I love to create is a collective consciousness. I had to get over one problem and I know, for example, Jeff and Clinton, they're now best friends and I have to like fight my jealousy nerve <laughs> that Clinton's cheating on me, Jeff is cheating on me. They're like flying around the world together. <laughs> I got Austin, damn it. Uh, that's okay, I'll take Austin. Um, but look, these are life friendships and it just takes, when you're on the same frequency, you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. When you're on the same frequency, it does not take long to have those lifetime relationships. And lifetime relationships is a community that I look for. People who are two things, want to help each other and know people can help each other. It's that simple. My whole business model is based on bringing people together that want to help each other and know people that can help each other. And so there's a long list of things that we're doing here to help each other. All you have to do is ask. Right? I have this template and I'm thinking about trying to make it even simpler, but it's, hey, what do you do? What do you like? What don't you like? Would it help you if? Do you know anyone that could help me? If you don't know what to say so to someone, I will write it on your hand and you can read it off. Go up to Dan Fleischman, he's the easiest one and the guy's so connected, I'm so proud of him. If he's still here, if he's not help out like giving free meals to someone. Um, <laughs> right, just go up to Dan. Dan, what do you do? What do you like most about it? What don't you like? Would it help you if, and do you know anyone that can help me? And you will leave here with quantitative value. Remember those questions, it'll change your life. To that end, I have a few just logistic things that are going on that you may not be aware of. First of all, we have Gary's car out there, the V Cruiser, that black car. And so we are gonna be auctioning that off. And you, where's Paul Daly? Extraordinary, the Asotu man himself was genius enough to take in Gary's trade-in and say, hey, I'll give you a killer deal <laughs> if you let me do this V Cruiser. 
So I will tell you this about Gary Vaynerchuk collectibles. Now, some of you may know I have a huge sports collection. I have signed Austin Eckler helmets, gloves. Very, very valuable. Very. Forget Steve, uh, Steve Young, Warren Moon, and Troy Aikman. Austin Eckler, hot. But I have all the Tony Gwynn bats I have. I represented the Clemente family. I got Roberto Clemente stuff. It's valuable. But the only thing that someone's offered me seven figures so far, far that literally saw it and said, I will give you a million dollars for that, is I have a Gary V crushing it poster, one of 500 signed by Gary when he launched his book. So as you are thinking about the value of that compared to my poster, uh, Gary's brand's going nowhere. And I think if you see VCon, there's a different type of collectible going on. Thank goodness for Gary that people admire entrepreneurs now. They knit us capes and send us paper clips and all kinds of stuff. So uh, that's a great activation. Uh, from my heart, part of the reason I bring people together is I don't do anything without a charitable purpose or a cause. I'm the chairman of a foundation called Unstoppable. Uh, and uh, we're blessed to have Janet Driver here from Unstoppable. Uh, we build villages, uh, schools, high schools, colleges, affecting hundreds of thousands. We gave over a million meals during COVID into Africa. Um, the world is a connected place. And if you think that if we have food insecurity anywhere, that it's not gonna affect America, you're, you're making a big mistake. And if we don't have healthcare and clean water. Uh, so if anyone is looking for a place to give, uh, I would certainly appreciate at least talking and learning more about what we're doing with Unstoppable. Um, I know Dan, tonight we have a surprise for everyone. Uh, Tom Bilyeu has invited all of us to after party at his place. So at 10 o'clock when this is winding down, you can stay here and network and drink, but we have Sprinter vans to take everybody to Tom's party. Rumor has it Gary may be there as well. So I know some of you haven't got to meet him yet um, and he would love to meet you. So I know they had to sign up to meet Gary V. Our special group, you don't have to sign up to meet Gary V, right? Let, let's just get, get over there if he's someone that you'd like to talk to uh, as well. And so, uh, very excited about that. If you don't want to go to Tom's, Dan Fleischman's doing a meetup at the JW Marriott in the lobby. So, taking uh, into consideration how powerful those are. I will be doing a meetup tomorrow morning uh, at 9... 10. 10? That's my daughter. 10 a.m., Peyton Manning statue. I'll be doing a meetup, which is my favorite thing to do. And I'm glad it's one of Dan's favorite thing as well. Uh, so I know Jim Quick's going to be arriving right now. We're going to do a little Q&A, and then I'm going to bring up Jeff Hoffman, Clinton Sparks, Austin Eckler, Michael Chandler uh, to do a Q&A. We want you to, you know, seriously drain the greatest minds uh, and, you know, think about what their skills and their knowledge and their desire is. Ask about their skills, their knowledge, and their desire. These are the spirits of excellence that are leading uh, the way in their respective industries, careers, and jobs. And so think of the questions, ask, ask those questions. We're blessed to have one of the smartest people on earth with us today, and I can tell you that. And so Jim's gonna come here, we can, uh, I'll ask him a question, you guys can ask him a question. I'll take a couple. Let's give a big round of applause for the limitless friend of mine. He is the spirit of excellence, the incredible Jim Quick. All right, so Jimmy, I have a rule about questions, and because I do a lot of these meetups, and 
love to answer questions, hot seat coaching. I have a saying, zero to one is as hard as one to 100. So I'm gonna ask the first question, okay. and then people will, will ask the second. So you have a different vibration frequency perspective, right? You, you are a unique individual who helps, the, and I know you're humble, so I won't list the names, but let's just say that you surround yourself with the highest frequency, these amazing people, and I appreciate it. Um, I love to get into the mind of the guy who understands minds. Taking yourself back to when you were thinking about what other people thought of you to today, not understanding you know, how a brain injury could impact who, who your self-identity was, how has that shift occurred through being more interested than interesting? Your perspective today of who you are compared to that five-year-old, I don't know why I'm getting choked up, thinking about what it must have been like. But looking back, what would you tell that five-year-old? Right, because I care about this guy. Like you sitting there, I'm thinking, and I know some of you who know me, like you've been through these traumas, yeah. but knowing what you know today, the expert of the brain, you've written now your second book you announced today, what would you tell your five-year-old self knowing what you know today? All right. Um, I've never made you cry, but it was close. It's, um, <laughs> Everybody makes me cry. <laughs> can we give a hand for, for, for Dave here, just for making this possible? <laughs> You're, you have the highest vibe, and, and, and I'm, I'm very honored to call you a dear friend and mentor and, and family. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually painfully shy. People, like, for what I do, it's, uh, I'm very introverted. I, I, as you mentioned, at, when I was five years old, I had a traumatic brain injury. Um, I had processing issues. I was teased and bullied a lot because of it. It took me years longer to learn how to just read and things like that. When I was nine years old, a teacher came to my defense when I was being bullied and pointed in front of the whole class and said, that's the boy, leave this kid alone. That's the boy with a broken brain. And that, that label really stuck with me. Um, and it really informed a lot of my, it, it, I use that as an explanation or an excuse of why you know, bad things were, would happen. When I did badly in school, I would say, oh, I have the broken brain. I wasn't picked for sports, which was all the time. I, would, I, I, I have the broken brain. And so, um, you know, and because of it, we could get raw here because this is this family. Um, I, I, I would learn to not raise my hand. I would sit all the way in the back in class. I mean, think about a kid who feels like there's something really fundamentally different and wrong about you, and there was no evidence to the contrary. I never had the answer. I would get sick. I would do a book report because um, I would work really hard. My parents immigrated here, and I had good work ethic. But if I had to give a talk about it, I would freeze up and freak out and I would, um, I would lie and say I didn't do it, even if I spent weeks and weeks on it, I was very proud of it. So that was the kind of play, my superpower growing up was really being invisible, right? I was shrinking down 24 seven because I didn't want to be seen. Maybe deep down I wanted to be seen and heard, but it wasn't, you know, that. And so, um, you know, if I was to give advice to that, that child, um, I, I really think fundamentally, you know, when I spend time with, you know, amazing individuals that perform at the highest level, they take high, high level of responsibility for their life, regardless of circumstance, right? We could all, I mean, you, you guys, you're here because of that, right? You have agency, you know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs, you value your freedom. You want to do what you want to do with who, you know, without any kind of excuse, as long as you're not harming others. 
and, and have your freedom. And, and it's hard for someone who values their freedom so much to give their, my power to somebody else. There's this idea that wherever you know, the, the blame goes, you know, that's where the power flows, right? It's outside of you. But um, you know, I, I value my sovereignty, and so it was hard for me dealing with this to reconcile how I felt about myself and still wanting to be able to think I could do things, right? Be enough and, and be seen. And so I, I say it's the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Like a thermometer just reacts to the environment, right? It just reacts to the, the temperature. It, but a thermostat doesn't react, right? It gauges, it knows, it's smart, it has situational awareness, but it sets a temperature, right? And just like you set a goal or a vision and, and the environment reacts to you. You know, and I feel like that—that's the difference. That—that that makes a difference. Um, but but to go go through your 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 answer. I mean, I'm not perfect about this. Um, you know, I, I even it's hard for me. I'm in front of a quarter million people a year. Um, it's funny because my two biggest challenges were learning and public speaking. And you know, the universe has a sense of humor because all I do is every day is public speak on this thing called learning. Um, but how many people know like have have experiences where your struggle became strengths, right? That adversity could be an advantage. I don't know one person I respect, like somebody who's strong, who had an easy life, right? Because with challenge comes, comes change. You know, just like you build a muscle with novelty and, and nutrition, you build your mental muscles through that also. And we hear a lot about post-traumatic stress. What we don't hear a lot about is something called post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is where you have gone through adversity, you've gone through trauma, but how many of you, maybe even a show of hands, you've went through something that you won't wish upon anybody, but, but you found something, you discovered something because of it, right? It revealed something about who you are, a strength, a character's trait, you know, maybe a gift that you refined over time. And, you know, I feel like that, you know, with my learning and public speaking challenges that I, you know, it led to change. And I honestly, what gets me to do what I do is I feel a, a moral obligation because shame on me if people are struggling with overload or you know distraction or forgetfulness or just you know brain fog, you know all the things I had with my TBIs, and and I didn't do something to help them. And that's why I love this man so much because he comes, you know, from purpose, right? And you know I think things have to go from your head to your heart to your hands. And often people think about things that they want in their head but they don't do anything, they self-sabotage or they procrastinate. And I think it's important to check in with that second H, which is our heart, because we are not logical, you know, we are biological. You think about dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphin, all these neurotransmitters, hormones, you know, these are things like, we do things out of reasons, but without any reason, we don't get a result. And so we hear about passion and purpose a lot, and for me, passion is what lights you up. And you can have a lot of passions, right? And I hope you do. You discover them, you build them, you develop them. For me, purpose, though, is how you take your passion and light somebody else up. So my, my passion is learning. It wasn't always learning, because I struggled with it for a decade and a half every single day of my life. But now learning like lights me up. And now, you know, teaching people how to learn is how I light other people up. You know, and I do believe that fundamentally we all have genius inside of us, that life is like an egg. Think about it, like if an egg is broken by an outside force, that life ends. But if an egg is broken by an inside force, life begins, right? Great things begin on the inside. And I do believe vibration and like attracts like. And you know, and there's a reason why we all self-selected to, to be here today. We're all very busy and we all have commitments and things to do. But um, you know, this man is like a, he's like a nexus you know, for, for good things, so. Thank you, that's Thank awesome. You. I think we, as a marketer,
As a marketer, I think I have the title of your next book, though. How about Post Traumatic Success Syndrome by Jim Quick? Yeah. Post Traumatic. And it, it reminds me of my favorite saying, and hopefully we can get a question from somebody out, out there. But my most recent favorite quote is if you want to be great, it starts with hard. But if you want to be amazing, like the people in this room, it starts with the impossible. And that's what, when I read Limitless, I thought, like, I'm going to start with impossible. I think they laugh at you, scoff at you, make fun of you, and then they applaud you like they are here. Once again, let's applaud Jim Quick real quick. You know I love this guy, as I do so many in the room. It makes my heart sing to have friends like you and friends like all of you and some that I mentored and see their success. I can't tell you, and I know you feel this way with all the great people. It's just so much more gratifying to see people you help succeed than your own success. And uh, does anyone out there, we have time for a question for Jimmy or Sean? How did you make the transition from thinking that you had a broken brain to knowing that you could, you could start really, you had an incredible brain? So a lot of the, the issues that we have are, is around our own identity, you know, and, you know, they say the two most powerful words in the English language are the shortest, I am, right? Because whatever you put after that is uh, that, that force. You know, Tony Robbins talks about it, how identity is a force that, you know, it's one of the most powerful forces in human nature to remain consistent on how you see yourself. And, and it's interesting, you know, I mentioned my parents. Um, you, you need reasons, right? And so... My parents immigrated here. My dad was 13, lost both of his parents. And this is not a sob story, it's just like, we lived in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at. Uh, they had many jobs. I had three brain injuries, mostly before age 12 because I wasn't supervised. My grandmother raised me. Um, she, at, when I had my accident at five years old, she passed at seven, uh, when I was seven, of Alzheimer's. So to see her mind deteriorate and call me by her, my father's name, repeat something she just said. You know, it was, these are the kind of things that leave impressions on, on a child, you know, in terms of, of labels and everything. But fundamentally, my, like my parents, uh, they're, they, they're, they're, we, they're not, the, I'm gonna get emotional here. They, they, they're not, the, the things I was most embarrassed about growing up as a kid, I realized that the things, there are things I'm most proud of today. You know, the challenges that I went through, um, my parents aren't the most spiritual, they're certainly not the healthiest or the wealthiest or the most intelligent, but they're just really good people. Like, like salt of the earth, they do what they said, they work very hard, they were kind, you know, and, and very giving. And I just never felt lack when I was growing up, even though we didn't have a lot. You know, I felt uh, they didn't make me feel like we didn't have a lot or we weren't enough. And so that was, I, I do believe, and so I feel like I was at the lottery for that. You know, in terms in terms of parents, I, I really do think gra things good things come from gratitude, meaning that like li life gratitude is 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 a treasure. You know, and complaint is poverty, right? Like life life is a lottery we all won, right? To start from that place, and I do believe that you don't have to wait for a greater life to feel grateful. You know, feel grateful, and you have a greater life instantly, right? That what you appreciate in life appreciates. Like the things that you appreciate, appreciates, it grows. And if you don't feel that, like if you wanna feel rich and wealthy, just count all the things you have in your life that money can't buy, you know? And then you just, you start back, or here's a thought, a mental thought experiment. Like what if the only things you knew you had in your life tomorrow when you woke up were the things you expressed gratitude for today? 
you know, and I, and I think that these, this is your reticular activating system shining a spotlight on the things that we don't always pay attention to because we delete, we distort, we generalize, we tend to get habituated with, you know, the things that we have. But I just come from a place where I feel an immense amount of gratitude. You know, family was very important because my, my, both my parents lost their parents at a very early age. So we prioritized family and hard work and, and learning. And, and so I think that built some, some kind of emotional resilience. And I'm not saying I didn't fall and falter all the time, which I definitely did. But I just, uh, I wanted to be who my parents thought I could be, you know? And so that, that kept me working three times harder than everyone around me for less results and pull all these all-nighters. And then eventually I started teaching this. I learned this, these skills when I was 18 years old. And I, I got very angry because I was like, wow, I, these are simple things I could have done, but I didn't know. They weren't taught in school. Um, and, and I started to help people. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman in college. I swear to you, she read 30 books in 30 days. And like not skim or scan, really read them, right? And I, and reading is fundamental, right? Like it's one of those things where, oh, sorry. Yeah, but commercial. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's funny, like how the, the patterns, but, um, but if people see, like I get questions about like, if they see, see me with Elon or Oprah or these individuals, how we connected, we bonded over books. Like, cause you read to succeed. If someone has decades of experience and they put it into a book and you can sit down a few days and read that book, you can download decades in a day. That, that's an incredible advantage for anybody. Cause today, it's, it's, you know, it's not just our brute, it's our brain strength our, and not just muscle power, but it's also our mind power, you know, and also I would say the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn, you know, and so I focus, you know, in that area, but I, I wanted to find out not how she read those books, I wanted to know why, I know how I taught her, and I found out going back to purpose that her mother was dying of terminal cancer, and doctors gave her mom two months to live, and the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life. And, you know, I, I got goosebumps. I call them truth bumps. You know, I, I wish her prayers, good luck. Six months pass, I get a call from this young lady for the first time, and she's crying hysterically. And when she stops, I find out their tears of joy, that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how or why, but her mother, they called it a miracle, but her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter, who learned it from all these books. And in that moment, I learned that if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. That if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower, and it's a power we all have. But here's the thing, it's not how smart you are, or how smart your spouse is, or how smart your kids are, or how smart your team is. It's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart, right? And it, it reframes in terms of your gifts, because we all have different genius. My, my new book that's coming out, it's all about brain types. And I pulled from psychology, neuroscience, adult learning theory, multiple intelligence theory, Myers-Briggs, left brain, right brain dominance. And I created an assessment for all of you. We just launched it literally th this week. And I, um, it, it'll show you the four brain types. And once you understand your brain type, I, and I use metaphors of animals, then you know how to study, you know how to lead, you know how to communicate to somebody, you know how to be able to, to, be able to focus and get things done and win at learning and life. So just very quickly, I, I apologize for taking so long. It's a brain code, C-O-D-E. The C is a cheetah. So the cheetahs are the fast actors. Like these are the, the ones that are very intuitive. They love fast-paced environments. And you might kind of see, and I'll give you a link to the quiz. It's, it's mybrainanimal.com. You go get 20 questions, you'll get a full report on your brain type and how to maximize your learning in your life. So some of you might identify with cheetah. They love fast-paced environments, quick change, they adapt. 
The O in code stands for owls, and these are your logical, they love facts, they love figures, uh, you know, they love data, right? So you think about the, the owls in your life or in your team. Um, the, the D are your dolphins, and these are your creative visionaries, right? These people are really great at pattern recognition. They're, they're, they have vis great, strong visual spatial intelligence. And then finally, the E are your, are your elephants, and these are empath empaths. These are people who love collaboration, you know, uh, team learning and, and team development. And so when you take this quiz, it's just 20 questions, uh, my, mybrainanimal.com, there's nothing to buy or anything like that. It'll give you a report based on your learning type and even how you could influence somebody else. Because if somebody is an owl and they're logical, you, you influence them different than somebody is an empath you know, and uses social proof. Or, or if somebody is a cheetah and goes by their intuition and so on. So, so I hope that's a resource that, you, that you'll, find, you'll find valuable. You're amazing. Now, I promised you one thing before we start ordering yeah. or if they haven't. I'd let you ask me a question, yeah. which we haven't done for a while, so, so I'm, I, little, I'm a little I, terrified, but go ahead. So we have a podcast, um, very blessed. We had last year over, over 50 million downloads. We're, we're about almost uh, 100 million this year. Um, we have no advertising on our show. Every episode is only 10, 20 minutes on how to remember names, how to read two times faster, how to learn languages, get presentations without notes. Um, and so I never got to, and you, I've had you on the show, but I, I have two questions. My first question is, What's one thing that people misunderstand about you? I think how often that I fight my own ego still. People have a misperception when you teach about understanding how to spend minutes and moments in ego-based consciousness and the whole basis of what I teach is on values, practices, and execution. So I have a nuance through experience in genetics and energetics to explain one, you know, that, I, that idea about values, two, through situational knowledge and dummy tax, just practical daily practices, and then how to execute on it, which is a combination of reconciliation. But what most people look at is, oh, well, he, he must be happy all the time, or I can't believe he would ever get angry. In fact, I was in the lobby with Deepak Chopra, and I shared with him one of my favorite stories, because I had that impression about Deepak. Like, oh, this guy must be an amazing dad. Right, he's Deepak Chopra, and I got to meet his daughter and got him his son, and I'm like, that must be like incredible. Like my dad was a piece of shit most of the time, and your dad is Deepak Chopra, <laughs> right? And he, he, his daughter's like, Dave, let me just tell you this. One time my boyfriend broke up with me, and I was distraught, and I was crying, and I opened his library doors, and I'm like, Daddy, he broke up with me. And he said, my dad looked up at me and said, are you kidding me? I'm trying to write a book. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> And I think that's the most misunderstood thing about me, that I try to be as vulnerable as I can. Like, I love those moments that I still spend minutes and moments in that I used to spend days, weeks, months, and years. But I have them every day, right? If someone cuts me off, I'm thinking the exact same thing that I thought 20 years ago, except for it only takes me a moment to get back to center instead of creating an entire mess of my day because that happened. I, second question, um, let's give it to, 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 to how raw and real this, this guy is. Um, there's, there's, a there's a quote in my book from a French philosopher that says, life is the letter C between the letter B and D. Life is C between B and D. B stands for birth, D stands for death, life C, choice. Like I truly believe these difficult times, they could distract you, these difficult times can diminish you, or these difficult times can 
develop you. You know, we decide, and we always have that power, right? Over the past 12 months, is there an, what new behavior, habit, belief, or understanding have you had that has had a dramatic positive influence on your life the past 12 months? It would be faith. You know, I talk about faith, but I'm very clear on this idea of something bigger than me and the simplification of it, that the entire non-scientific, non-provable, foundational principle of my life that changed over the last 12 months and has given me an aggregation, acceleration, and exponentiality of my happiness is that a very simple thought that most of the time I truly believe there's something bigger than me that knows everything and it loves me more than my mom. And man, if you can test that, if you can test, your life changes immediately because there's no meaning other than protection and promotion. If you don't get the deal, if things don't work out like you think, if you're worried, you know, there's only two fears in life, fear of the past and fear of the future. And, right? Resentment and guilt usually is what you see when you're afraid of the past. Worry and anxiety when you're afraid of the future. So for me, like I handle things that I never, like I'll, I'll share something personal right now. Most people don't know. I'm going through something uh, with my mom. She needs to be put into a home. <laughs> Sorry. But somehow I have so much faith that I can get off a family call today that I was hiding out at that nobody knew I went on and within minutes and moments feel protected and promoted about probably one of the things that we're most afraid of, losing a parent. Um, and so for me, that in the last 12 months, just so much clarity. I talked through things for years, like, and then once in a while, it just resonates into my core being, my quantum being. And it's in my quantum being now in the last 12 months that I, it's unwavering my face. It's non-religious, non-philosophical, theoretical, spiritual. It's just a truth for one reason. It's the best option for my life. I can't think, and I'm looking, anyone give me it? I can't think of a better option to have a foundation for than I'm being protected and promoted by something that knows everything, loves me more than my mom, and, you know, is there all the time. That's the only reason I believe it. And if someone has a better thing to believe in that can give me more fulfillment, passion, purpose, and profitability, let me know. I'll teach that. You, yeah. <laughs> you, you gave me uh, goosebumps. What I do you call them? them? I, call, I call them truth bumps. Truth bumps, yeah. yeah. That's a but thank you for being uh, an incredibly inspiring force of nature an unstoppable force for good. Thank you, Jim Quick. David Meltzer. Jim Quick, everyone. We're blessed to be here. Thank you so much.